Hi, I'm Jen, and today I am gardening out loud. It is Sunday, June 4th. It's just before 8.30 in the morning, and it is going to be the perfect day to be in the garden. Right now, it's about 15 degrees. It's going to be a high of about 19 with sunny skies. And really, you can't ask for anything more perfect than that. I've had a few busy days of a lot of social events and running around and not sleeping as much as I like and certainly not gardening. And so it feels like the greatest gift to have an unscheduled day to spend here. So what is happening in the garden today? Well, in big, breaking, exciting news, the roses are blooming. I've been watching them bud and those buds swell up over the last few days and with the big heat we were having, I knew that was really moving them along. And so, just this morning when I came out, I saw it was finally happening. And the first one to bloom looks like David Austin's Desdemona. This rose is about three years old. She has the most beautiful pale pink with a slight peachy tint when the rose buds open. And then they fade a little bit more to white as they go. Okay, let's give her a smell. Oh, it is so delicate and a little bit citrusy, that rose smell. I absolutely adore it. The rose isn't as full as some other David Austin's. It doesn't have as many rows of petals, but it is nevertheless exquisite. I feel like it doesn't work quite as well in cutting as some of the other ones, but I'm so glad to have it for its beautiful color and its scent. The other one, perhaps the runner-up in the bloom race, is my David Austin Bosco Bell. And this is the most special plant in my garden. Recently, my partner and I were watching a show and they asked one person about their partner's most prized possession, like what, what matters most. And so my partner asked me this and I actually was like, well, the cat. But beyond that, I really couldn't think of anything in the house that had singular sentimental value to me. But in the garden, I can, and it's this rose bush. And the reason for that is that I planted this rose on the day of my grandfather's funeral. I had come back from London where the funeral was and I really wanted to plant a rose in his memory because he grew all kinds of roses in his garden. And as a child, there were so often little vases of roses clipped on the table. And so smelling them brings me back to that part of my childhood, which was really wonderful in a lot of ways. I was a very spoiled only grandchild. 
And anyway, I went to the garden center to look for what the right rose might be. And I went to one place and they didn't have anything I liked. And then I went to my local garden center and there was this rose, a David Austin, although at the time I don't know that I knew how special that was. It was actually half price. And I love a deal. And it is still, even aside from the sentimental value, one of my favorite roses for scent and aesthetics. And so it just felt like this perfect offering. I brought it home and I planted it. And she's done very well here, Rose Boscobel. She has a peachy pink flower as well, but a fuller, richer pink. And interestingly, her blooms change. She blooms about three times, three to four times over the course of the year. She has multiple flushes, as many of these hybrid roses do. And the hotter it gets, the darker the pink gets. The first flush is my favorite because it's more peachy and less magenta-y, like less of that deeper pink creeps in. And she also smells wonderful. Let's see. That one isn't fully open, but it has that strong tea rose scent. These roses that I have here, they all have a lot of petals, which is how we've hybridized a lot of our modern roses to be. And what's nice about that, at least in some varieties, like in these David Austin roses, which are bred for scent, lots of petals means lots of scent because there's more volatile oils that can be released, which is what gives us that beautiful smell. So not only are these many petaled roses attractive, but they have such a nice scent. I have another darker pink kind of magenta e-rose, which honestly was an impulse buy due to David Austin fever. And it's not my favorite color. It's a little too hot pink for me, but it's in its second year and it's doing very well. And it right now just has this tight little rosebud like you would buy on a long stemmed rose. It's so closed up so beautifully. And I'm still glad to have it, not just for a cut flower, which is what I do with most of my roses, but I also harvest the petals and dry them for teas. I make a special tea blend, all sourced from this garden. And so even if the color is not necessarily my favorite color, they actually dry better, some of the darker colors. If you're drying rose petals, you're supposed to harvest them kind of basically right when they open. Um, I don't always do that, but it still works out okay. But that's the ideal time. Before all those volatile oils are released, they're still kept in the petals and they're dried in, into there so they can be released in the tea later, as opposed to drawing all out in the air right now. If you're harvesting roses to put in a vase, right now some of mine are at the perfect time. This long sam phase with that tight little bud that you associate that's a good time my one of my, my boscobel i might have to harvest her because she's just she's there it's so perfect she just has a couple petals peeling off and that's a great time to harvest and then let's check on my climbing rose 
not the new one I got this year, but last year. Oh yeah, she is just starting to open too. Her flowers are a lot smaller. They're maybe only about two inches across. Another impulse buy, what can I say? But I mainly am using this for tea as well. And I'm forgetting this one's name right now. I can't see the tag anymore. But rose season, it is thrilling. I wanted to make a bouquet for some friends next weekend. And I was like, oh, don't have a lot of flowers for a bouquet right now. And then there they are. The roses have arrived and they will still be blooming next weekend and it will all be perfect. I'm also just noticing my foxgloves are starting to not quite open their blooms yet, but I can see so many pronounced buds. And the foxgloves are a bit of a labor of love because they're biennial, which we've talked about before. So they make their green leaves one year and then they make their flowers and seeds the next year. And so it's a bit of waiting. Starting them from seed is kind of a longer process. But these ones, I have to remember what they're called. Something about apricot so-and-so because I love an apricot flower. These ones are just going to open soon. And maybe they will actually make it into my bouquet as well. Although I don't have very many. I can see about three inflorescence coming up. So even for me who loves cutting flowers, that will be a bit of a challenge. So what else is going on? It's been very hot and dry. And we got a big sudden downpour of rain on Friday night, which was welcome from a plant's perspective. It also came with hail things are crazy, but I was glad for it to have that water and for it to refill my rain basins because it's been so dry and watering here is a bit of a slog because I do not have an outdoor faucet. And so I am running a hose from the laundry sink downstairs up here, which means lower pressure, which means everything is watered by hand. In the heat of summer, that can take about two hours to give everything a deep drink. But right now, the plants are smaller, the roots are smaller. It takes less time. Nevertheless, really grateful when Mother Nature can give me a helping hand. The irises are still happening, and actually the sage flowers are blooming in amidst them right now with their purple blooms. And that is quite pleasing, even though some of these irises are kind of going over, but you can always snap off the spent blooms on an iris and kind of clean them up if, if you wanted to. They can also work as cut flowers. They just don't tend to last as long. They're not my favorite for that. The sea holly is going to bloom before too long. And that is exciting because it is a, just a very cool flower. 
And B, I was happy for it to survive the winter. It's a bit fussy, especially if the winter is very wet. And this year it has come through. I can see how many stems and how many flowers it's working to make up right now. So that is thrilling. If you don't know what a sea holly is, it is like a round bloom with a collar of spikes sticking out of it and kind of um, blue-gray foliage. They're very neat flowers and prickly to harvest, but I love them. And maybe that will even make it into my bouquet. Now I'm really talking about this bouquet. We'll have to tell you what happens next weekend. The other thing that I am obsessed with right now is the clematis which is a climbing flowering vine and not one that I grew because for the longest time I've been kind of utilitarian about the garden. I've mostly grown things that I can eat or I can process in some way or I can turn into a bouquet and vining flowers can be used in bouquets but it's depends and it's a little more complicated but the clearance section struck last year. I am very vulnerable to a plant clearance section and had this clematis which they come in many varieties this one has purplish flowers kind of streaked with this pale green so pale purple streaked with pale green and the flowers are about five inches across maybe when they're open they have these almost papery petals and I brought in my first ones for a small bud vase just a few days ago. And they are stunning in the vase and they're lasting really well. And one thing you can do with clematis is when you harvest it right away is to dip the stems in some boiling water for like seven to 10 seconds and then put them in their cool water. And that will help them drink more and absorb more water and last longer. And so I did that and I just keep marveling at how beautiful these flowers are and what nuance they have. And I can see they are putting up so many more buds. So we're going to see a lot more clematis flowers for a while. And this is only its second year. And so I'm glad to see it growing strong and they need a lot of hydration and a lot of food. And so hopefully I can keep them nourished and sufficiently hydrated that they can just keep producing because they are just ravishing. I'm even my partner who sees a lot of floral arrangements in the house and not all of them receive comments, but these ones he texted me to say how beautiful they were. And so that's pretty special. The other news in purple season, which truly is still raining, although now with the roses coming, they're introducing a different palette from the almost ubiquitous purple, is most of the alliums are kind of starting to go over, which means they're getting those little green balls where they're going to make seed. And so we lose some of the color of the little star blossoms that open all over them. And so they're going over, which is too bad. It's always kind of sad to see they're in their prime for such a short period of time. But I leave the seed heads because sometimes I use those in flowers also. And I think they're interesting and structural. 
but I do have one allium who's just entering its prime, and that's the Allium Christophi, which is one that is a bigger flower head and with bigger, more pronounced star flowers all over it. And it's a bit short. The other ones can, you know, be four feet tall easily. This one is like closer to two and a half. So it's a bit short. That's not my favorite part of it. But the flower head is gorgeous. And last year when it finished its bloom, I let it dry. And then I brought it inside and used it as a Christmas tree topper. And it worked perfectly for that. So I'm going to do that again this year, a little bit of the garden in, you know, the depths of winter. I love it. So there's lots of other things happening today. The meadow rue is going to bloom soon. I can see the milkweed forming its flowers. The tomatoes continue growing. I have some radish going to seed that's blooming and I'll leave that around. Raspberries still blooming. I can see the tiny blueberries forming on my blueberry plants. Lots of abundant, wonderful growth. And almost everything is planted now. I haven't planted cucumber seeds or, or cucumelon or most melon seeds yet, but I will probably today. These can be started indoors, but the transition outdoors can be a little fraught for these delicate plants. So we'll see. Often what happens is I plant a couple outside and then maybe I buy a couple plants at the plant shop. I've been struggling with cucumbers for the last few years with bacterial wilt. So who knows what will happen, but everybody's in and that's great. You might be able to hear me walking along the mulch. I still have leaf mulch in my rows here. Everybody's in. And I'm sure I'll find a few new things to throw in the mix today. But all of that rush of early season planting is basically concluded. So now the growth. Oh, and an exciting news. The dahlias are just starting to poke through the soil, not all of them, and different varieties can grow at different rates, but it is thrilling to see because you just put these little tubers in the ground and you hope for the best and then you have to wait. And I can see most of them poking through the soil now, which is thrilling. We're a long way from dahlia blossoms yet but the growth is happening. Our trust is rewarded. Okay, I think that's enough for me today. I hope that you got to spend a little time outside this weekend soaking up this beautiful June weather. There goes a robin. Anyway, be well. And if you do anything this week, be sure to literally stop and smell the roses. I will talk to you later.